And we are back on the KYMM Morning Show. Joining us now uh, from the uh, state legislator, our uh, District 58A state representative, Christy Purcell. Good morning, Christy. Morning, Jeff. Thank you so much for coming in today. Yes, thanks for having me. We had talked last week, and I know you had talked earlier this week with Rich about today might be kind of iffy whether you can make it in or not because you uh, kind of were expecting bit of a marathon last night at the session as the, is it called the PRO Act? Correct. To protect reproductive options Okay, is what PRO stands for. And that was uh, passed in a narrow vote last night by the uh, state legislature. Let's uh, first of all, tell us about that because that uh, has other, that and probably the, uh, some marijuana bills are going through have made the early headlines Mm -hmm. in the legislature. Yep. Uh, And this one is productive, protecting reproductive uh, options, as you had mentioned, which is the abortion bill as Mm -hmm. a lot of people would talk about it. Mm -hmm. Tell us about the language in that, what it states, and we'll kind of work our way through it from there. Sure. Um, So, Right now, Minnesotans have access to the whole slate of reproductive care. So that's um, fertility treatment, um, uh, care when you are pregnant. Uh, You can bring that pregnancy to term. You can terminate that pregnancy all without interference of a politician like me. And uh, But the reason why we have that is because of a Minnesota Supreme Court case. Well, we saw what happened last year um, when 50 years of precedent that was held by a Supreme Court uh, changed um, in the Roe versus Wade on the national scale. And so this act codifies the protections that are currently in place for Minnesotans. It codifies it into law instead of just being held up by uh, Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And that is, is, I guess what I don't understand about this is it's it's permanency. You know, if we have a legislature that looks different two years from now than it does now, can they change it? Is that... Uh... That's a great question. I'm not sure. I have not gotten to that point in my legislative career about mm-hmm. uh, how laws get repealed, if that's just a... Um, a majority vote like that's how things pass here and the federal um level there's a there's a rule that you have to have two-thirds of a majority um on some on on certain pieces of legislation versus a simple majority just Mm -hmm. one side having you know one more vote than the other so i don't know about about repealing of if you you know down the road if the legislators you know make a different choice. But certainly we know that that's more difficult uh, than, say, the makeup of our state Supreme Court and just a handful of people being able to to switch a decision. We, uh, the one thing that we do know is that there will be somebody checking into this yes. uh, somewhere along the line in the next oh, couple I'm of sure. years. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, can you speak to the emotion at the uh, State House? Uh, this is a very uh, emotional subject, access to uh, abortion. Uh, a lot of people are vehemently against it. Mm-hmm. Other people are very passionately for it. Were there mm-hmm. some, I guess, uh, clashes in ideology? Yes. Uh, yes, that's the first time I really um, experienced that at the State House. I'm sure it won't be the last. Um, <clears throat> but indeed, this is a, an issue that's very personal obviously, to people. This is a, a decision that an individual or a family makes, hopefully with um, a physician. And um, so there's a lot of 
um, as I say when I'm talking to my kids, there's a lot of big feelings about this. And um, the people who do not want to have an abortion still get to not have an abortion. And the people who um, need an abortion can still access an abortion. And also, I mean, because what we've seen in other states since the repeal of Roe versus Wade is there are physicians worried about if a woman, say, is miscarrying. Um, they're worried about treating that woman for fear of, um, you know, punishment or jail time or the the line is pretty blurry about, you know, what's what's considered an abortion. If if this is already something that's happening naturally or if a woman has an ectopic pregnancy that could kill her. We heard some very passionate testimony on the floor from people who have experienced um, difficult pregnancies and um, decided for themselves one way or the other what to do about that, sometimes, you know, with their their life and health on the line. So it was very personal. It was very moving. Um, and basically, this law doesn't change that, that that person still gets to decide on their own. Uh, Christy Purcell, uh, state representative in District 58A, uh, is uh, joining us now. We, we're talking about the uh, PRO Act that was passed yesterday concerning uh, abortion access and abortion uh, rights. Uh, let's talk about how this was uh, drafted. Um, and I understand that uh, we have a lot of states. We're kind of an island in the middle of the upper Midwest. There are a lot of states that uh, are... Uh, flat out of just banning any type of abortion procedure at all. And I understand that well, the way I read it, Minnesota uh, can act as, I think, quoting somebody here, but I don't remember who, a beacon to these states where people can come in. Is that, uh, d does the legislation that you pass address that uh, specifically? Yes. So we've seen an influx of people coming since the summer, um, I think, because when the, the leaked decision came out, some states started to change their their practices and their laws, sort of worrying. Um, like Wisconsin, there was a um, – it reverted back to a law in the books from like the 1800s. So people started to get worried when they sort of saw the writing on the wall. And so we have seen an influx of people, not just from our neighboring states, uh, the states that touch ours – but because there's an airport, folks flying in from Texas, mm -hmm. folks flying in from other places as well. So um, part of what's in this legislation as well is that um, there are some states that want to pass sort of extradition laws to say, uh, you, you know, if you're a pregnant person and you cross the state boundary, we can prosecute you. And what our law says is we won't comply if someone needs to come here for health care that they can't get in their home state, Minnesota does not have to turn over medical records or things like that to protect um, the privacy of those folks. Uh, interesting. I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about this. Uh, one other question, and I don't know, even know if you can answer this, but I'm going to throw it out there. Historically, uh, clinics that do offer abortion services um, have been targets, targeted by uh, you know, basically domestic terrorists, mm -hmm. and we've seen uh, violent acts uh, have happened in the past. Is there anything that addresses that as far as uh, security or uh, within, you know, the, uh, uh, the severity of the crime that may be committed? Uh, is there anything that addresses a potential 
uh, criminal aspect? You know, that I don't know. I mean, it is already uh, illegal mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to uh, shoot at or shoot, um, you know, folks who are providing this care. I mean, we, we have seen also personal attacks on politicians in New Mexico, um, their offices or their homes. Um, so this is obviously a concern for me and my family. Um, but ultimately, uh, this is a decision that I am, um, you know, I feel very strongly about the the people who I know, my friends and neighbors, probably people I don't know who have needed to access this care and um, protecting their privacy and their right to do so. Let's move on uh, to a next uh, topic. And uh, you, we were talking before the on the air, uh, before you we went on the air that you got to You got to bang the gavel. I got to week. bang the gavel <laughs> twice yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you had uh, you had to, you had to fill in for the uh, chair of the, was it the agriculture committee. You're Correct. The, you're the co-chair, so yes, I'm the vice chair. Vice chair, yes. excuse me, vice chair. Yeah. Uh, tell us about uh, that, and and also what what was going on in the committee. Yes. So um, we heard our first bills in the agriculture committee. Um, we've been getting getting kind of overviews of um, the Department of Ag, which. We continued to get yesterday, and then um, the first two bills were introduced, and they're actually uh, identical bills. So the the chair, Samantha Vang, um, was presiding over the meeting when the first version of the bill was brought up, and it was to support um, RFA, which now I'm forgetting about what that acronym is, but it's a program within the Department of Agriculture um, that provides low-interest loans to farmers for a sundry of different projects. So um, really important money to get out to farmers. The The monies that they have, they imagine will be gone by October of 23. So we were just, you know, wanting to reappropriate, refill that fund um, before the end of session, because that's pretty important. And so, um, you know, I got to watch and listen to the testifiers and the testimony. And then um, we passed that bill and then she went to the 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 stand and didn't really have to talk too much about the bill because it was an exact duplicate of the one we just heard. So luckily, <laughs> it was pretty simple for me for the first time. Um, and then uh, it was the very end of the meeting. So then I got to do the favorite, the best gavel of a whole meeting, which is to adjourn. <laughs> to adjourn. Everyone's yes. favorite. Yes. Let's, uh, I want to talk about some of the bills you've mentioned uh that uh, the bill was a duplicate, uh, uh, but you know, last year, of course, they did a lot of work. Things never got passed. This year, there were some bills working their way through that are you know basically the same as we saw last year. Has there been a lot of that, or is that just kind of kind of go as things arise? Has it, has there been a rush to pass some bills that weren't done last year? Yes, I think so. I mean, I was not there last year, but that's my understanding because, and it also makes it easier because the language exists, you know, the, a lot of these things were passed out of committee, mm-hmm. perhaps in both chambers and just didn't cross the finish line in the final negotiations. So I think, I think that's what you're seeing move really quickly is stuff that's already teed up that has already had support and is sort of the low hanging fruit to mm-hmm. just get it done this year. Uh, once again, Christy Purcell is with us, our state representative for District 58A. Uh, we talked about the Agriculture Committee. Has there been activity in the other committees? And what else have you been working on this past week? Well, I, I haven't gotten to talk much about the Education Finance Committee, which I sit on. And this week uh, was 
especially wonderful because uh, yesterday, I think it was called Student Voices Day, and we had maybe a dozen students who came in. The The prompt that was given to them was, um, what do you see as the biggest need or the biggest challenge right now um, for you in school? These are all um, high school students who responded very thoughtfully, very eloquently. And I think the second prompt was like, what do you need to best prepare for your future? And we had, we talked to students because we can hear testimony remotely. Um, we heard from students in, um, oh gosh, I'm not going to remember all the places. Uh, one was in Mankato. Um, there were some students who came to the Capitol as well from Stillwater, from Minneapolis, um, from Montevideo, a- you know, kind of all over the state, um, some public high schools, some public alternative learning centers. And um, it's just always so inspiring to hear from young people who um, they know what they need. Mm -hmm. They can reflect on their experience and the experience of their peers. Um, So that was just really great because I think a lot of times we lose that voice. And, and those are the the students most impacted by the decisions that we're making. And so over the course of um, Thursday and Wednesday, we heard quite a number of student voices, and that was just really, really uh, warmed my heart and was really inspiring. The governor is uh, getting ready with all of his uh, budget proposals and stuff, but the first thing out of the door was uh, education and the funding of education. Have you had a chance to look at uh, what his priorities are and do those kind of line up with where you're at and uh, what you're seeing in the committee? I have not dug deep into that. Um, I know there were some... The governor's sort of rolling out the budget in piecemeal, so it's been a little hard for me to follow. Um, I think next week is when sort of the whole budget proposal comes out, which will be easier for my brain to track. Um, I believe it was on Tuesday where um, they had an announcement about, um, yeah, education and early early child support. And he's talked uh, at his inauguration, I know, and, and many other times about he wants Minnesota to be the best place to raise a family and a best place for kids, try to eliminate childhood poverty. Um, we, we know that schools play a key role in that. We look at, you know, families who have big debt for lunch, breakfast and lunch access, and that may be their only um, time that they can get a reliable meal. So we're looking at making um, lunches free for folks. Also talking about um, ending period poverty. There's a bunch of students who um, don't come to school when they're on their menstrual cycle for a sundry of reasons and if they don't have access to to sanitary supplies. Um, so we're talking about funding that in our schools for kids too. So um, we've heard some of these in education. I'm, I'm sure they line up to some degree with the governor's budget, but we'll find out mm-hmm. soon. All right. Uh, We're just about out of time, but uh, anything coming up uh, in particular this next week that you'll be uh, following or focusing on? Well, I think those two bills, so we've heard testimony on the the period poverty bill. We heard testimony from a lot of students, Um, and actually that's where the legislation came from. There were students who um, knew that their classmates were missing school, missing, you know, days and days of school uh, over the course of the school year, so then this actually rose from student need. So we heard testimony on that, but we didn't have the fiscal note to look at um, how that impacts the budget. So I think we're, we'll be voting on that next week. And then also um, a lot of discussion around the um, free school meals for families. 
All right. Uh, Christy, thank you so much for coming in. Thanks, Jeff, as always. Appreciate you. Take care. State uh, Representative for District 58A, that is uh, Christy Purcell, joining us every Friday here on 95.1 The One and AM 1080, KYMN Northfield.